Welcome everybody back to America's Finest Sports. Today is Friar Talk Tuesday. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Padres after a very, very tough loss today. Um, the bats have been slumping, so it kind of works with our first topic. We're going to talk about what are the Padres' limits without Fernando Tatis. Um, then we're going to go and we're going to talk a little bit about a couple guys that are, are slumping. Josh Bell, he's in a rough slump. We're going to talk about a couple guys that are hot. Blake Snell, Manny Machado. And then we'll wrap it off by wrap it up by going over the uh, the overall NL playoff picture, and then of course we'll we'll tie in some questions that you guys have as well. But Isaac, let's start it off, man. What is the Padres' limit without Fernando Tatis? Because we have seen this offense struggle quite a bit. So how are you feeling about it about now? It's been a, almost a week now since a, since the news that he's going to be suspended. Kind of expecting All him right. to to boost the lineup. But what are you feeling right now overall with the Padres? I still think this is a World Series contender. And I know with, with what's going on right now with the offense, it can be a little deflating, a little um, you know disheartening, I guess you can say, just because you expect a lot more from guys like Josh Bell or even Jake Cronenworth, guys that are slumping right now. But overall, this is still a World Series contender. Um, unfortunately, you know this is the type of offense that is going to go through those kind of lulls with Jake Cronenworth being an inconsistent hitter, Hassan Kim at times inconsistent Trent Grisham is very very streaky I mean there's a few streaky guys in this lineup and that's why you're not going to get I mean unless they're all on at the same time you're not going to get the full extent the full potential of the offense um I mean the best time for that to happen would be later at the season (laughs) I did see this guy yesterday at the gym good seeing you bro thank you for the support um Jesus I didn't mean to say this guy sorry about that um but anyway you know, th- this is still a, a World Series contender for sure. Yeah, the lineup looks a little rough right now, but yesterday they faced Sergio Alcantara, and I forgot who they faced today, but, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to be wrong, but um, the guy that pitched today has apparently been kind of kind of solid. So, um, although it has been a rough two games for the Padres, nonetheless, they faced two pretty good pitchers, and, and you know, it, it actually – we need to talk about this because the Padres are one of the worst teams against good pitchers. They are one of the worst teams against good pitchers for sure. And the numbers show it when, unfortunately, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to face nothing but good pitchers. That is why we're kind of scared to face, you know, the Mets. And, and I mean, the Cardinals, there's of course, Wayno. Wayno has been year in year out, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I mean, the Padres kind of have some issues with Wayno, but, um, of course, nonetheless, that's someone you don't want to face. Other than that, I don't feel scared to face the Cardinals. But the rest of the the rest of the NL has pretty good pitchers. You got to face Max Fried. You got to face um, potentially. I mean, Max Fried's the ace. But let's say you get the. I mean, if you advance, you got to face Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer or Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson, who you've already struggled multiple times against. Um, so this offense is going to have to find its stride, especially against pitching like like you know pitching they faced yesterday and today. Which they will. Yeah, and I feel like that's right. Right now, for me, like when I'm when I'm thinking about this question, what what's the Padres limit without Tatis? Um, I don't want to panic too much on on the recent struggles. The, now, I'll get into a little bit more. There's parts of it that I that I am concerned about, of course. But I think you're exactly right. When you start talking about it, the concerns are more about how are they going to face high end pitching? Because when they've played high end pitching, they haven't been too good. They really haven't. Like, you know, you saw yesterday against Sandy Alcantara. I know. Uh, over so not counting today or i guess yeah last nine games let's say right last nine games the parties have been shut up three times those are against the the pitchers that they struggle against alcantara wood um tyler anderson right those are the guys that threw the shutouts 
and you still see them struggle against starters a lot. Um, so I do think that there is a like there is a significant limit with like without Tatis for them. I, I really do believe that. Um, right now we're looking at Josh Bell's slump, and we'll we'll talk like specifically about him. Um, but another guy like that hasn't really been that consistent over the course of a season. Now he'll get really hot at times, but it's Jake Cronenworth, and that's what we were so excited when we were talking about this lineup. Oh look, they went and they add all these added all these guys. And then when you plug in Tatis, everyone's going to be kicked down the lineup, right? Like the lineup's going to look so much more deep. It's only one guy, yes, but the heart of the lineup hasn't been driving guys in that well. And that's the part that's scary. The Padres' numbers with guys on base has to be horrendous lately. And, and that's the thing. Like Ultimately, I think the, the thing with me that <clears throat> when I'm watching this team, they like it, it, I, I can't stand the approach sometimes when guys are on. Like at the end of the game today, First pitch, Will Myers takes a pitch oh right my down the middle. God, dude, that was and, a that was a hanger, dude. Exactly, and that's right after Jake Cronenworth gets struck out looking. It's like, guys, you got to attack these pitchers. It seems like it's way too like they're way too passive at the plate when there's guys on, and it seems like they end up striking out so much with guys on too. So you know, we talk about it. There's guys in the ninth inning today, guys on first and second, <clears throat> three straight strikeouts. Didn't even get him over. Didn't even get him over, man. Like, it's that's the part that's frustrating to me. So, I feel like they have to be a lot better situationally, like in terms of like hitting situationally, hitting with guys on, if they're going to have a a legit chance at a World Series. So, I don't want to say that like that is wrong that they that they can be a World Series contender. I think when you look at the talent, hundred percent. I'm all the way. I, I'm completely with you. But how confident are you that? that they're going to be able to fix some of these like hitting issues. That's kind of my, my question for them. Oof. I mean, hitting issues against teams that you're going to play down, like down the stretch, especially you only face a few more playoff teams down, you know, down the stretch. But um, when you do play those teams, you're going to have to face, like I said, said earlier, you're going to have to face Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, um, you know, the good pitchers that are over at, over there with the Dodgers. And I believe we face at least one more, um, playoff contender, if not playoff contender, World Series contender potentially. Um, let me find the let me find the schedule really quick. Um, of course, when you face the Giants, you struggle heavily against Carlos Rodon, and you still play them a few more times. I think six more times. I can almost guarantee you'll face Rodon at least once. And then you got to face uh, the Mariners. Maybe you face Logan Gilbert, Cardinals, Adam Wainwright. Like you got a few good pitchers that you're still going to have to face. And and I mean, it doesn't really matter. Right now, you kind of want them to get hot back end of September, early October, but at the same time, you don't want you don't want to be one of the worst teams against top twenty five, top thirty pitchers. You can't afford to do that because that's almost what you're going to see consistently in the playoffs. Um, in Jake Cronenworth's case, it's like, dude, I feel like he he's been a little more selective than in the past years, but it's like most of the time you got somebody who sucks in back of you. Like, you know, I don't want to say he sucks, but Will Myers. Kind of, kind of sucks, <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Jo- Josh Bell is especially the guy that's been in a massive slump. Um, I honestly don't know what's wrong with him. He's hitting a lot of balls on the ground, uh, but he, I feel like he's always been a really good player. He put up good numbers last year. He put up good numbers throughout the first half of this year. Maybe it's just one of those change of scenery things where you know it doesn't work out for a little while. He's still getting acclimated to to San Diego. I mean. You can say, well, what about Juan Soto? Dude, Juan Soto's Ted Williams Jr. So, of course, he's going to do that wherever he goes. But, you know, not every single player is going to be able to adapt the way Juan Soto is right now. 
Um, and massive props to Juan Soto. Ever since coming to San Diego, he's been everything he was advertised to be. Gets on base consistently, walks consistently, is an amazing one of the like when you don't have him on your team, you kind of take it for granted. But he has the best plate approach I have ever seen in my life. And I'm like not exaggerating. That is easily the best approach I've seen in my life. So um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get more of that throughout the lineup. Um, but the guys that are cold right now are right in the heart of the order, and we can't afford for that to happen. And that's what's really costing this team because so many guys are just not – they're not being driven in. And guys are getting on base. If you look at the Padres' overall numbers, I mean, Manny Machado is just player of the week. Juan Soto has been putting up great numbers. I mean, we talked about a little bit before, but Trent Grisham has been ridiculously hot over his yeah. last, like the last month. Um, but still, they're not driving guys in. They're not producing runs. And it's almost like kind of the opposite of the beginning of the year, Isaac, where – the Padres, if you looked at their offensive numbers, they were like bottom 10 or worse <laughs> in like every yeah. single category. And then they were like, oh, they're like eighth and runs. And that was for a long time. Um, but it's kind of like the inverse of that now where, oh, guys are producing, a bunch of guys are producing, and they're not scoring. And you're getting shut out three times within nine games, like or I guess within eight games technically. Um, but it's it, it's been it's been a little bit frustrating to to watch. Yeah. Um I see so, Jfly wrote Potters are good on paper, hundred percent. But you got to be able to produce, and that's where that's where it hasn't been. Um, Josh Bell hitting real struggle. I see some people talking about his slump in the chat. Um, DVD said it's all mental, bro, mental, bro. I mean, I agree. I feel like guys like when when guys are on base, it, it definitely does feel like. I don't know. Do you feel the same thing? How I was bringing up, like it feels like guys are just super passive at the plate, or are you not seeing that? Because I I don't know. That just might be something that I'm just kind of like overanalyzing because i'm like oh we gotta drive someone in. we gotta drive someone in. yeah i mean of course none in almost every game you're gonna see guys get left on base by your team but um i don't know it just depends on the game really sometimes i feel like they're being i'm freaking lagging because this stupid tab is not opening um but sometimes i do feel like they're being a bit passive especially like will myers today he was very passive i like Dude, you're not going to get a better pitch than that first pitch you got. Jake Cronenworth, I, I mean, he's been more selective, I think, than in the past few years. Um, although he has struggled with with the high fastball, like he swing, I feel like he's swinging it a lot more than he has re like last year at least. Um, at times, yes, it's a very selective team, but also at times they're an ultra aggressive team, swinging swinging at balls out of the zone. Like I remember the Dodgers series in LA specifically, where it felt like, oh yeah, you know, runners on base, but these guys keep swinging on balls out of the zone and. And I, I just think they're having they're having struggles putting together quality at bats, you know, getting the pitcher to right, you know, run up the pitch count, fouling off balls, um, doing whatever it takes to just run the pitch count up on the pitcher and get to the bullpen. Uh, I feel like that's kind of where they've been struggling, especially lately. Uh, I don't know about today, but yesterday Alcantara goes, what, seven or eight innings. Every time the Dodgers pitch, we play the Dodgers, those guys go six plus. You know, that's kind of an issue that that you're going to need to you're going to need to fix. You're going to be need to be more selective at the plate in those situations. But you're also going to have to battle at the plate, fouling off balls out of the zone with two, you know, that are close, but out of the zone with two strikes. Um, I think that's where the Padres massively need to improve. And yeah, no, I, I actually want to – sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I wanted to ask something about Josh Bell because I know a lot of people are – the Padres are absolutely horrendous against the fastball. They're one of the, – I think they're one of the bottom ten. Um, but when it comes to Josh Bell, a lot of people want to move him down the lineup. There's some people that want to take him out of the lineup. Personally, you look at it since 2019. 2019, he was an all-star. 
He was fantastic. 2020, he struggled. Last year, he had like a 125 OPS plus. This year, he's like a 130 plus, something like that. So with that being said, for me, maybe I'm sitting him one game, but I'm, the lowest I'm moving him down to is, is to five because me personally, I'm the kind of guy where it's like, all right, if this guy has a proven track record of success, I'm going to get him up there and I'm going to keep getting him at bats so that way he can figure it out. Now, maybe that's an early season approach because you can't afford to keep losing ball games. But with how good Josh Bell has been in the past, I'm the kind of guy that's saying, you know, I'll move him down maybe one spot, but I need to keep getting this guy up there so that way he can figure it out and that way he can become a force that that we thought he was going to be. So, I mean, what do you kind of what are you kind of thinking for Josh Bell? So I think that's super fair because, I mean, you bring up a guy, his his numbers over the past few years have been fantastic. He's been a great hitter. Um, he's been, he's improved defensively at first base. He's been awesome. So when we, when the trade went through, it's like, oh, sweet. Josh Bell, this is amazing. Like what a pickup to add into the Juan Soto thing. He's currently, I think it's his last 21 at bats. He's hitless. He's over 21. That is, that is tough. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you're saying him hitting cleanup, don't feel too confident with him hitting cleanup right now, especially when you have two guys hitting a right above him that are super hot. Machado just was player of the week. Today, he provides all of the Padres' runs um, on that three-run double. Um, Juan Soto, he's a guy who gets on base at an absurd rate. Um, so they've been on base so many times where Josh Bell's come out and got out. And, and it's frustrating to watch. I think whenever guys are traded around the deadline, that half of year, like trading for a guy for a half a season, it's risky. It's yeah. really risky because mm-hmm. most of the time, their numbers fall off a cliff. Maybe not fall off a cliff, but they usually overall decline a little bit. Um, aren't quite right there. Um, so the idea of moving him down the lineup a little bit, I like it, dude. I, I think it's smart because yeah, like you still want him in the lineup because you know, he's probably going to heat up a little bit. This is probably just that initial slump of him coming, coming in and kind of, you know, getting adjusted. Uh, someone said it was all mental earlier. I think it was DVD. Um, yeah, it is all mental. So he's coming over, he's trying to produce and he's not, and it's probably getting to him a little bit. So I think moving him down the lineup would, would make a lot of sense. Um, Am I confident that Josh Bell is going to break out of his slump? Yeah, absolutely. He has he has the resume to, that he's a fantastic hitter yeah. um, throughout his career. He's he's a great hitter, but he's slumping. And when guys are slumping, I think that you can move them up and down the lineup. And you know, last year when we were talking about the lineups a lot, we would really like get frustrated at Jace Tingler because every day it'd be like a different lineup and it wouldn't really make any sense. Yeah. I feel like Bob Melvin almost does a little bit of the opposite. So I guess it's kind of hard to be like, oh, he doesn't he doesn't adjust the lineup enough, but. I feel like sometimes he doesn't adjust it based on like how hot guys are. And so I think that this is a perfect, perfect example of, Hey, you're going to keep bell's going to keep playing. He's going to play almost every single game, but he doesn't need to hit cleanup if he's slumping as bad as he is. So I, I agree with you. I think that's a smart move. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I mean, personally, you know, playing, playing, I was the kind of guy that I was like, you know, I either want to bat second or I want to bat fifth. I don't, I don't really want to bat anywhere else. So it's a sense of comfort in, in, in the batting order. I don't know why. Um, but also at the same time, it's understanding that if you're in a slump, maybe you are going to get moved down. Um, but you're right. Josh Bell does have the resume to be able to bounce back. Um, so we just kind of got to hope that he, he, realizes that you're surrounded he's surrounded by good hitters he's protected at the plate with guys behind him and guys in front of him he's going to be able to get good pitches it's just a matter of being able to take advantage of the good pitches and uh you know hit that eight well what was it like a high 800 low 900 ops before he got here um 
Maybe he's just pressing right now. Somebody did say it's all mentally, so it could definitely be all mental in the sense that he, he feels pressure to to perform in San Diego when he's just got to realize that, you know, he doesn't have to go crazy. He doesn't have to put up the 900 OPS, whatever it was that he put up in Washington. We'll take an 850, something like that. And 850 is, like, still pretty high, but I just want a good first baseman. I want one that could hit. I mean, I had one trash first baseman for a really long time. We all did. Um so hopefully he's definitely able to pick it up. And I mean, outside of the first three guys, um, there could definitely be a lot of lineup shuffling. Profar, Soto, Machado, you got those guys locked in at the top top three. Um, you're de- almost definitely going to have some sort of combination of Drury, Bell, and, and Cronenworth. Maybe you can throw Kim in there batting uh, like five, six, seven, or four, five, six, uh, seven. And then Grisham should essentially be batting nine almost every game because his numbers batting nine are much better than any other spot um, in the in the lineup. Essentially plugging in your catcher at eighth. But the catchers have both kind of been struggling lately. Um, Jorge Alfaro dealing with an injury definitely has been struggling massively. Austin Nola has not, is not a very good hitter to begin with. So it's like you kind of do have one hole, but you're kind of hoping that one hole gets hot. Um, down the stretch for sure but in terms of josh bell i think he's going to be fine and i think you know if if this goes on for you know another week or so or four games whatever it is then i'll I'll really worry because the nationals he should be he should be crushing the the nationals pitching so hopefully we'll see him break out of it this this upcoming series after this yeah and i was i wanted to see like how josh bell has actually been on the padres so he only has 43 at bats only 12 game play games played He's hitting 140. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> Struck out 10 times, no home runs, not much power. He's six hits. He's six hits so far in 43 in 12 games. So not ideal at all. Um, but yeah, I think that moving him down the lineup will will pay dividends. Um I know we're gonna talk about uh Blake Snell in a little bit here, but I did want to say this was an interesting comment. Um, where was it? Uh I lost it. Great. <laughs> um but I did see one basically saying to put Dreary at fourth. Do you like the idea of putting Dreary at fourth? Having him clean up? He's been hot. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I'm definitely open to it. Um, he he should have like around five or six home runs in a Padres uniform. So not a bad idea. I think I think it's all right. Yeah. Um, and then Jay Fly also says uh, that uh, Padres base running is horrendous. Dude, the pod. That is something that that needs to get brought up more. Like, how many times have you seen them completely blow it? The, dude, the Myers when he when Myers got threw out, and I don't oh. know if it's that much on Myers because like, like no, they're going to go in that situation yeah, every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was just like that. That one just hurt when it, it happened. Hurt. It was like, yeah, oh, for sure. Right. And, and and in that situation, I'm sending him ten times out of ten because I mean, essentially, it's like, all right, this guy's going to have to make the perfect throw to get him out. Let's risk it. He made the perfect throw. And most of the time, not most of the time, but sometimes it doesn't happen. If Will Myers was like a little tad bit faster, even had like a glove on while he was sliding, um, he's definitely safe. But, uh, but uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. Base running can definitely be hard to watch at times, but it's what it is. I mean, I feel like they haven't made many base running errors outside of that one. Uh, Von Miller said, you guys went after Soto because the Dodgers were interested in Soto. You must not know that. AJ Preller has been interested in Soto since he was a prospect in the Dominican. And really the only reason that, that Soto didn't become a Padre was because one, he accepted the offer a day before we offered him. And two, 
someone in the Padres organization had, I believe it was Yon, Yon Moncada ahead of Juan Soto. So they went after him. They stood then they ended up with neither. So um, that's not the truth. And it didn't backfire. Um, why is Drury so emotionless? I don't know. <laughs> um, he, he does feel a little bit emotionless. Um, no, he is, bro. I mean, for sure. Let's okay. Let's get into a guy that that we both like. So we're, hey, we're gonna get a little bit positive for a second, guys. All yeah. right. I know that they're losing, but we're gonna get positive for a second, and then we're gonna get back into the uh, the National League playoff race. Um, I do have some news that's kind of annoying today of a team that won on a. On There's a no way, race. dude. Just no. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. We'll, we'll get to it in a second. We'll get to it in a second. But I want to talk about Blake Snell because Blake mm. Snell has been absolutely absurd. So. I know the Padres are struggling. I know it's everyone's freaking out right now, but I do want to do want to have at least one positive part of the of the show today. So, Isaac Blake Snell had what like a six GRA maybe two and a half months ago. You know this dude is at a three six six right now. You know his ERA is under one for the second half of the season. Like the Blake Snell second half, let's turn it up. Let's go get it. Let's Back. let's just dominate. It's back again this year. So I did want to bring up Blake Snell a little bit just because this is a guy that we kept saying, hey, just be patient. Just be patient. Blake Snell's going to – he's going to bounce back. He looks terrible right now. It's going to be all right. Blake Snell, I mean, he's on fire. He is on absolute fire. If you look at his career numbers, he's been sub three um, in the second half of the season, like a 2-8 ERA throughout his career. Um, Usually in the first half, he's over a four. Right now, I think his first half ERA was over a five, and right now his second half is under a one. So it has just been night and day um, throughout his whole career, but once again for Blake Snell. So are you confident that he's going to be able to, to ride this out? Don't trade Blake Snell, crowd. Stand up, man. This is this is everything that we kind of expected for sure. Um, he's been fantastic the, the second half. I think he's got like a what you said, like a something like around a one ERA ever since ever since the all-star break. And that's exactly what we've been saying all along is be patient, be patient, because when the time comes, when it's time to start turning up and and down the stretch, we need to really win ball games. Blake Snell is going to get you, you know, six. I mean, not even six, maybe five because he throws so many pitches, but five and two thirds plus quality. Uh, I mean, he's going to give you a quality start almost every time. Uh, he's been our ace since the all-star break. You know, when guys have been struggling like Joe Musgrove, like Sean Manaya, he's been he's been the guy that stepped up and really become the ace of this staff for sure. And that's somebody that, you know, we kept saying this is the guy that we're going to want come playoff time. We're going to want him on the bump for a game one or an elimination game because this is when he starts turning it up. He's you can start calling him Big Game Blake. I mean, I know Big Game James didn't work out, but Big Game Blake is kind of a thing now uh, because he's been so good, especially recently for the Padres at a time when, you know, the rotation hasn't been exactly what what they were at the beginning of the season. And I feel like a lot of people that didn't want Blake Snell anymore kind of forgot that, like, this guy was still ramping up come April, May, because he didn't really have, of course, with the lockout, he didn't have an offseason program. He's normally one of those guys that takes – a little longer than others to ramp up and with no off season and everything going on with the lockout. Um, it took him even longer than expected. You know, now come July, he starts molding into form into the Blake second half Blake Snell that we know his fastball has a bunch of life to it. I want to say the changeup is still in timeout, but it doesn't really matter because last year and this year around this time, all he was throwing was fastball slider and maybe one other pitch. And that's all he's needed. He's been super, super, super amazing for this team. 
Um, so hopefully we see him write it. And I mean, career numbers show he's going to write it out. This is going to continue for the rest of the season. Maybe not, uh, you know, maybe not like a 108 or 180 ERA the way it is right now, but he's going to end with around a 2.5 ERA in the second half. And when we did our bounce back players, I was kind of hesitant to say it. I don't know if everyone remembers, but I was like, I don't know if I want to say it, but I went with Blake Snell. So I'm really liking, I'm really liking the decision right now because I was kind of scared. Um, but he, he's he's bounced back really in a big way. Yeah, so there's two there's two kind of stats to bring up with Blake Snell. Um, I talked about like the first half kind of kind of side of it, um, but for this season specifically, first half pitched 50 innings. He walked 31 batters. Oh, shit. Second half, so far he's pitched 28 and two thirds. You want to guess how many batters he's walked, Isaac? Isn't it like? I know in his past four or five starts, he's only walked like four guys, five guys. Five. Five, yeah. So this is like less than a third of that rate. And, and that makes mean, a difference. Yeah, it's a it makes a ginormous difference. Not only has he walked a bunch, you know, a lot less guys. In 27 innings, he has 39 strikeouts. 39 strikeouts. That is absurd. So, you know, I mean, kind of just doing Blake Snell things right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, you, you brought up the changeup stuff, is that he's getting a, he's getting ahead in the count. Um, and this season, actually, like, he's thrown his changeup way less, and it's even fallen off even more. I don't think he even threw on his last outing. Um, but I think it was, like, on the raise, he was throwing, like, 18 to 20% of the time he threw a changeup. Mm-hmm. Last year on the Padres, it dropped down to, like, around 10%, especially because that second half he stopped throwing it. This year he's throwing it at five percent of the time, so he's like almost done throwing his changeup, and it's it's really paying dividends because it feels like so often he just wastes the changeup and just change up in the dirt, and then he falls behind in the count and it's just like it's tough for him to kind of bounce back. So this is something also like you know we talk about the first half second half thing, but maybe kind of you know not throwing the changeup nearly as much yeah. will help him a lot going forward as well, just because all right he doesn't have to rely on like trying to fight back and get back ahead in the count because it, it has not worked when he's had to do that. So I think that's a huge thing, but Blake Snell, very, very exciting player. Um, when he's, uh, when he's pitching well, he's awesome to watch when he's not pitching well, he oh. is really rough to watch and it takes forever. And it feels like the game's going to last like six hours and he pauses like 30 times and it's so frustrating, but I mean, last year when he was really dialed in, like it, it was awesome to watch, and and we're starting to see that again. So it's it's been super fun to see Blake Snell turn around. One of a one of the few bright spots right now for the for the San Diego Padres. Um, but with that said, I think we should uh, get a little bit into this NL playoff race. So I brought up that I want that there's a team that won tonight off a a ridiculous play. The Cardinals won on a hit by pitch. So that's always nice, nice when when teams start winning like that. Um, but you know, let's, let's jump into the stands a little bit. I will pull them up right here. I know that the giants are currently playing right now. The brewers are playing right now. So this isn't exactly perfect. Um, but going into tonight, the Padres were two games up. Um, let me share my screen real quick and we will see this. Um, but they're not two games up half anymore. They are one and a half. Um, here we go. Let me pull it up right now. So this is wild card. The Braves are on absolute fire right now. Um, they just absolutely destroyed the Mets the last couple nights. Um, the Phillies have been pretty hot as well. 
And then you see the Padres and the Brewers right here are slumping. They haven't been very good um, as yeah. of late, both four and six in their in the last ten. Um, and the Padres currently have a game and a half on the Brewers. I don't know the score of their game right now, but a game and a half on the Brewers. This is the so I don't think the Brewers are I, I don't think the Brewers are gonna be able to catch the Padres. The Brewers have a horrible schedule. It's I don't think that there's really like it would be really really far fetched for them to catch up. They also sold a lot of their guys, and I don't think their team is that great. I will tell you the thing that absolutely scares me, like that absolutely terrifies me, is the Giants, dude. Because yeah. the Giants are getting hot, and we talked about this. They're not they're not that great of a team, but dude, the Padres play them like six more times. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely terrifying to me. So where are you at with the playoff picture? Because I know the Padres are slumping right now. You you have a you have a game tomorrow. You're playing Pablo Lopez. Then it's a four game series against the Nationals. The schedule does heat up a little bit, um, but that, I don't know. I I think maybe it's just some PTSD from being a little kid and watching the the Giants beat the Padres on the on the last game of the of the season. But the Giants are the team. I feel like I do not want the Giants creeping up. No man. I mean, I, I we've brought it up a couple times. We always say you know the Giants are that kind of team. No matter what their record is, not no matter what, but like. When it comes September, late October, it's like, oh, shoot, the Giants have been hot lately or are only one or two games back of that last that last playoff spot. It happens every year. So, like, I feel pretty safe with, with the Padres right now. I do think they're still going to make the playoffs. I think a lot of people are, you know, they have a lot of PTSD from last year, which is understandable. But I feel like there's also a better lineup than last year. We actually have something called pitching this year. Um I mean, Blake you don't want to go get Arietta. Yeah, that, exactly. Like people were, people were absolutely insane trying to compare this year to last year. When, I mean, yeah, Sean Manaya has been pretty bad, but other than Sean Manaya, it's like, dude, you still got four other really capable pitchers, and this lineup's not going to slump forever. Like this is still a pretty damn good lineup. We still play the Nationals four more times. We play the Diamondbacks a few more times. Yeah, the Giants can be somewhat of a threat, but I still think that we'll be all right against the Giants. Um, you know, like people are saying, our September schedule is hard. We play the Dodgers nine times, yeah, but like if we get hot around that time, it's not going to really matter. Other than that, we play the Diamondbacks. The Mariners are a pretty good team. Diamondbacks another four games. Cardinals three times. Rockies three times. White Sox aren't very good. And then you play the Giants in the last series. It's not the mo- it's not like you know super easy, but it's not a brutal schedule. Like the Phillies still play the Mets a few more times. They still play the, play the Braves seven more times. It's like we're not the only team with a tough schedule. The Brewers in September play in, in like consecutive they the, games. Do they have the, a rough two weeks? Cardinals. Do you, you see that? Cardinals, Yankees, Mets, Cardinals again late September. So it's like that's a pretty tough schedule. We're not the only team with a tough schedule. We're probably the best team with – we're probably the best team out of those guys. So – I think people people are kind of worrying a little too much now when it comes late September and and if I'm wrong, go ahead and throw it in my face. But um, I'm I'm sorry, I'm confident in the, in this team. Um, but the Brewers, like you said, not a very talented team in my in my opinion. Um, tied with the Dodgers right now. Hopefully the uh, hopefully the Dodgers are able to come through in that one. Oh, God, I hate saying that. Um, but you know, hopefully they do. So, I mean, yeah, the Padres are, are in a little bit of a rut right now. Um, hopefully these guys are just still getting acclimated. And, of course, the distraction with Fernando is, is probably one of the toughest things to, to, to deal with because the guys are getting asked all the t- – I mean, they've been – that's when one of the only questions towards the Padres these past 
few days, man. Like for me, it's like, dude, leave him alone. They they probably don't want to talk about it. Like they're trying to go out there and win baseball games without him. He's not on the field. Talk about the product that's on the field. Um, but you know, um, it is what it is when when he's one of the he was at least one of the faces in ba- top faces in baseball. So with that being said, um, I kind of expect the Padres to finish around fifth. I think they're going to finish fifth, to be honest. Um, but I mean, sixth also isn't bad. I want them to finish fifth just because you know, past few years, um, it's it's always been five teams make the playoffs, and I don't want to be that team that only made the playoffs because there was an extra spot. So it'd be nice to finish fifth, maybe fourth. Obviously, you're not winning the division, but it looks like fifth could be could be in you know realistic uh, finish for the Padres. Yeah, I see a lot of people talking about the the Padres playing the the Dodgers and and losing those games. I mean, I don't think that's gonna like. Yeah, it's, you don't you want to win games, of course, but the Padres also kind of control their own fate against the Giants. They just beat them in the most recent series, which helped yeah. a lot. Um, and we talked about that, I think, a little bit in the series recap. Like, you gotta go, you got you gotta win these games. Yeah. Um, but you still play the Giants three times, six times, and you play them three times at the end of the season as well. Yeah. Um, you play them pretty soon here too. So this is a bad spot though. Cause sky also said the brewers are a serious threat. They have a hard schedule. It's going to get a lot easier. I agree with you, sky. I think that's absolutely true. Um, and that's the thing that's kind of frustrating is like, dude, if there's a time to, to not slump, it's when you're playing crappy teams. Now we also say they're playing crappy teams. But like the Marlins pitching this series is like, it's a pretty good pitching rotation that they're, that they're throwing at the three guys. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I, I think that you kind of control your own fate in terms of you're playing the Giants a lot. I'm gonna. I want to see the Giants schedule though. I have not looked at the Giants schedule. I just much. found it. I, I got you. I just okay. found it right now. They have a brutal stretch coming up. They play the Twins three times, the Padres three times, the Phillies three times, the Dodgers three times, and the Brewers twice. All in back to back to back to back series. Those are all playoff contenders. That is that. That's absurd. And then they go against the Cubs. But then they play the Braves three times and the Dodgers three times again, and then the Padres to finish the season. They have one that has got to be one of the toughest schedules in all of baseball, if not the absolute toughest. And they are not the type of team. I swear, I swear, if they prove me wrong, I would be so sad. But they are not the type of team to rip off a bunch of wins against those kind of teams. Um, so I feel like you know, as long as we're able to create some separation and take advantage of these upcoming series against the Nationals, the Royals, you know, the Guardians are a pretty good team, but you should be able to beat the Guardians, like. You need to really take advantage of these series coming up because, I mean, last year what killed the Padres, we keep bringing it up, is they weren't able to beat those teams that were around that 500 mark or lower than 500. That's what killed them. That's what essentially ended in under a 500 season. You're four games under 500 because you kept losing to the Rockies. You kept losing to the Diamondbacks. That absolutely has to be a reverse this year. And people are saying, you know, we'll only take three of the next nine against the Dodgers. If we take three or four and win the other games, I will be happy. I will be happy with that because we're we're not rivals right now. We're not rivals right now. As much as I want to beat them and I hate them, we're not rivals and we're not focused on the Dodgers. We're not focused on winning the winning the division anymore. We need the Dodgers to win some of these games. So it's like, you know, as much as I hate them, we need them to win. And I mean, of course we need to handle business against them, but if we can take four of the next nine against the Dodgers, I'll be pretty happy. Um but yeah, man, I I think the Padres are still a pretty damn good team, and I, I do see them making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Um, I will say this: after the National Series, I think it'll be a little bit more clear because I think I mean 
I guess it like every time you start counting down, like, okay, we're only this many games away from the Blades, only this many games. But dude, you got you're you're shooting for a four game sweep against oh. the Nationals. And I know that sounds a little bit absurd. Go watch the Nationals, bro. The Nationals are like a fake MLB team at this point. I don't know if you saw today, um, but the Red Sox announcer called the Pirates franchise pathetic. That's kind of the same boat that the Nationals are in when you look. I mean, and and they've won and they've done stuff, but like the talent right now in the Nationals, dude, it is it is rough. Um, so you get home, you get hot against the Nationals. I, I think that that'll help a ton. Um, I see some people talking about the Guardians too. The Padres do have a two game series against the Guardians. They play the Royals. They have a decent uh, road stretch after this most recent home one, so that's going to be extremely important as well. Um, but you have a lot of games against the Cardinals. Potters are, have played, or, I'm sorry, not the Cardinals. The uh, They do play the Cardinals, but uh, against the Diamondbacks. Uh, and the Potters yeah. have played the Diamondbacks a lot better this season than last season. Uh-huh. Now, the only thing is you just do not want to see Merrill Kelly. You want to see him as little as possible because they can't, dude, True. they can't hit him. No, he's absurd. Can't. But uh-huh. apparently the Giants can't hit Merrill Kelly at, uh, either. I was talking to one of my buddies who's a Giants fan today. He's like, no, it's the same thing for us, dude. He just, it's it, just absurd. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, he has that's... a sub three three ERA this year. Oh my god! So he's actually a baller, dude. No, this is like his breakout season. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That that's pretty cool though. You know, at least we're not the only team getting cooked by him anymore. Um, but yeah, you got to take advantage of those Diamondbacks games, like you said. They've been playing them a lot better this year, whereas last year it was like it was pretty tough. But um, I I mean, I just saw something on Twitter. It was like this kind of feels the same as last year, where. You know, the, really the only guys you can rely on in the lineup last year in the back half was Fernando and Manny. And, I mean, of course, the lineup is a lot better this year, so I feel like it's going to be different. I, I don't I don't think you're only going to have Soto and Machado in the lineup to rely on. Um, but, yeah, man, let's see how the rest of the season goes. Uh, the Braves, they're going to be a lock to make it. The Mets, the Dodgers, you know, they don't got to worry about any of that. I would probably say the Cardinals as well just because I do think the Cardinals are a much better team than, than the Brewers are Um, more well-rounded, more, more star power, Um, just an overall top to bottom, really, really good organization. That seems like they're consistently in the playoff race and in the playoffs. So I do think they'll guaranteed be in it really right now. What it's looking like is who's going to come out on top between the, the Padres, the giants, the Brewers uh, and the Phillies. So that's going to be, that's going to be the big question looming for this Padres team. You got it on paper. You're much better than every single one of those teams. Not every single one. I just mean, I just mean the playoff, the teams that I said are competing with the Padres. Um, but only those. You're better than those teams. You're better than the Giants, you're better than the Phillies, and you're better than the Brewers on paper. But it's about putting it together. Don't, don't be the Padres. The Padres always choke. The Padres always come down to this last part of the season where it's odd, you know, when they are in the in the playoff hunt, especially last year, you know, the last in the 2010, it's like, oh, you know, the Padres are looking good. They might make the playoffs. And it's, oh, no, they choked. You know, don't do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think this team's capable of that. I think this team's capable of going on a hot streak come, come September and winning a lot of ball games. Yeah, and I, I see a couple of things here. So, uh, Oceanside boy says Potters are 50 and 33 against teams under 500. Dude, that is, that is a drastic difference oh, compared huge. to last season. Dude, huge. So much different. Um, the giants, the giants also have a good record as well. So both these teams are played well against teams under, under 500. Now, the good thing is that the Potters play a lot of, of worse teams out this, this last part of the, the schedule. Um, and then also another question here, um, Brian asked this, and I think this is super important. 
Mm. How many uh, of home games versus away games do we have less? So I don't know the exact number of games, but if you look at the schedule, it is a lot more home games than away games. Like it's Mm -hmm. pretty substantial, I feel like. Um, Mm -hmm. And then your last nine games of the season are also at home. So they're, they're going home on Thursday. They have a few games there. Then they have a pretty long road stretch. And they have another home stretch, and they have a couple little road stretches, and then uh, they finish off nine games at home. So a lot more home games than uh, than away games. Um, but I think that's probably it for the the playoff race. Anything else you want to add on the playoff race? No, I mean twenty five more wins gets us almost a guaranteed spot in the playoffs. That'll be ninety wins. Um, I don't know how many games we got left, but. 25 seems pretty doable. And even then 85 is like around the number you want to be at in order to be the 60. Now this year, it seems like it might take a little more. So you want to shoot 87, 88, but realistically, I think this team can rattle off 25 more wins. So hopefully they're able to do that. Um, Unfortunately, that 90 wins might only get you a fifth seed, which is absurd. I feel like in any other season, that is not, that is not the case. That might, that probably wins you a division realistically, um, in the past few years, but I don't know what's going on. I don't. I don't know. Um, we can thank all the tanking franchises for being non-competitive. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. That is very true. What is so, it like? Like uh, thirteen franchises were deemed like not trying to win in any capacity this season. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know the Potters were thirty-five and thirty-five uh, since June first. That that sounds about right. Um, but I mean, a lot of a lot of season left. So let's just see how they do the rest of the season. I feel like so many people are negative right now. I think so too. Um, so I see people are talking about this. Okay, I don't know. Vaughn Miller says Padres home games versus. Nah, dude, that guy's game. a Dodger fan, bro. That guy's yeah, he's, no, he's Padre hating for real. Yeah, that, That's that, not that, accurate. That's not bro, accurate. Um, we're not rivals. Now, now, <laughs> are Dodger games against the Padres? Are they like close to Padre home games? No, not at all. But no, if not. it's in San Diego, it's definitely packed with Padre fans. Um, yeah, so 40 games left. So that oh, that'd be 25 and 15, bro. Hey, I'm confident, bro. They can do it. <laughs> well, you gotta rip off the four against the nationals. That'll that'll put make it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this yeah, exactly. This is why beating up on, on bad teams um, is so important. So yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely there with you guys. So I know Devin asked a question earlier, and I, I wanted to bring this one up and, and maybe we'll go over a couple after. Um, but Devin asked if we think that Fernando Tatis should be getting surgery since he's going to be out for the rest of the year and early on, we talked about this, I think a little bit off air, but what are your thoughts? You think that they, the Padres should do that? Have him go get, or I guess it's his decision, but do you think that he should do that? Um, I'm kind of, I've kind of been conflicted on this one. I'm not going to lie just because, you know, of course with the surgery, you know, you're, you're ensuring that he's going to be, hopefully he's going to be healthy throughout the rest of his time in San Diego. Hopefully, I pray to God there's still more time for him in San Diego. Um, and I think there will be. I think uh, a trade or voiding his contract is kind of out of the realm. I mean, if you want to void his contract, sure, void his contract. And then when he's done with his contract in San Diego, he'll go to the Dodgers. He'll rip 40 home runs against, uh, against uh, you know, essentially have revenge against us. Um, that's what will happen if you void his contract. But other than that, though, I mean, I don't, I don't want him to. Uh, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, I think with all this time and you're essentially getting two off seasons, a whole season off, you should be able to get that shoulder up to its, up to strength, up to speed. Um, you have a lot of time for it to heal. 
the wrist also. I truly think he's probably going to come back to the healthiest he's ever been. He's going to be the best he's ever, maybe not the best he's ever been. I mean, you, I, I don't want to assume he was on steroids this whole time, and I truly don't think he was. But just in case he was, I will say maybe not the best he's ever been. But, um, you know, I, I think he's going to come back as healthy as ever. Um with two full off seasons, able to heal the shoulder, give the Mac, give the shoulders. You're giving the shoulder plenty of time to heal at this point. Like, I really don't think at that point you, you, you will need certain. Now, if it pops up again, even just once, yeah, go get it, you know? And that's the risk is that if he doesn't get surgery, what if it pops up again, then, you know, he's going to be done. But if he does get the surgery, it's almost, it's almost no worries anymore. You're not worried about that anymore. So there's two sides to it. But for me, it's like, all right, if he gets the surgery and comes back, not the player he was, not only is not only is it detrimental against the Padres because of how much money, I don't know how much money he's making next year, but he does have a fat contract. Um, but also because like, oh man, he's going to get slandered so much. He's going to get slandered so much if he doesn't perform the way he did pre-steroids. Um, so I, I don't want him to get it. Yeah, and I think it's hard because people have talked about like how Cody Bellinger got it and then it affected his swing, and we've seen him kind of slumping over the last couple of years yeah. and hasn't been the same caliber player. I think that's why there's he's been a little bit hesitant to get it. It's also something that doesn't necessarily require getting surgery. Like You don't have to. Um, yeah. I think you're right when you're talking about how long it's been. Now, I will say this. Looking back on it, ideally, hindsight's you – know, Hindsight's always perfect, but like I wish you would have got it now. If you would have got it last offseason, damn, that would have been perfect, right? There would have been no issues. Yeah, um, but that's not the reality. And so you're you're moving forward and you're kind of looking like it. I I don't know if it's really worth it to get the surgery at this point. Now, if you get it now, how many he's the next time he's probably gonna play. I mean, he's gonna play in February and March for spring training. Right. Um, but really when you're going to play next is April or late April, early May. That's Depends. the most likely time when you're going to play. Yeah. That's a Depends. long time away from right now. Yeah. Um, and if he's out for like three to four months because of surgery, that's really not that long. So mm -hmm. if you're, if, if they've been like up, if he's been like up on the fence or the, the team has been like up on the fence at this point about the shoulder and they're like, ah, I'm not really sure. Like maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't then you should – now is the time to get it. Like right now is the time to get it. So I think it would be fine to get it. I wouldn't I wouldn't think there's a problem. But also if he doesn't get it, like it's not – it's not the, like the end of the world in my opinion. It's not like a – it's not like Lamette not getting his elbow surgery. I find it like a very, very different situation than that because that was the one where we are like, what the hell is going on? Like what is happening? Why is this guy not getting, you know, Tommy John when it's very clear that he needs to get Tommy John? They just give him the, the PRP shot or whatever it is. Um, and then guess what? The same thing is, ends up happening with Chris Paddock as well. So like, it, I feel like it's a lot different because I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily something where it's going to come back. Um, now, if he chooses to knock as a surgeon, it does come back. That's going to look really shitty though. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's other thing. So I think maybe the safe side is I probably lean getting the surgery just because it's not really going to hurt you at this point. Like you're not going to miss that much time. You're probably going to be healthy by the start of, of the 2023 not even season, but the 2023 calendar year. So I don't know. I, I think that you probably, I would probably lean getting it, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as it was last year. Now with all the rest. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, you know, I don't want him to get it. If he does get it, so be it. I 
you're absolutely right. If he got it last off season, I'd bet he's probably playing by now. Um, and you mentioned he might be back, you know, late April, early May. Um, basically what, what would happen if the Padres make the postseason is you'd want to go on the deepest run that you possibly can, because all those games in the postseason count towards his suspension. So, you know, if they play a good 10 to 15 games, he could be back mid April, early April, whatever it is. So, um, there's a little bit of in incentive uh, to be able to to go deeper in the playoffs. So hopefully it's uh, hopefully he's back earlier than late April. So I know uh, I know Vaughn Miller and Flatlife have been trolling the the Padres the whole time, but um, one of them did say something that's that's pretty fair. And I think I think Flatlife is a Giants fan, I believe. Um, but he said, "All I'm waiting for is the freaking Dodgers to get Otani, and then it's over for everyone." Do you think this is gonna happen? I think it's gonna happen, bro. I think it's gonna happen too. Oh, and I yeah. talked, I talked to one of my friends who's he's a huge Angels fan, and he's like, he he hasn't even watched the Angels in like months, bro. He's so done with them, like he is completely done. He he, he can't even stand it at this point. But I asked him about. it. I said, hey, like, like you know, what do you think about Otani getting traded? Because I talked about it at the deadline. He he was very adamant they're not gonna trade Otani until the offseason. And he goes, but they're probably gonna trade him to the Dodgers, and it's gonna be the worst thing for the franchise. It's gonna look so bad, like. I, I think he's probably going to end up being a Dodger. Yeah, I feel like that one's, or I mean, I guess a Yankee. But if, if you guys remember, like when Otani was looking, like trying to find out where he was going to sign, it was mostly West Coast teams. So I feel like that's kind of why. I mean, the like four, like four of the main teams were the Padres, the Dodgers, the Angels, and the Giants. Those were like the four finalists, and then I think the other one was like the Yankees. So like those were like the final teams. So yeah, and it, exactly. Um, he says, yeah, especially because the Dodgers are like one of the last three teams. Yeah, I, I think that there's a very, a very good chance that he ends up going there. Um, but the, I guess the big question would be, is that a trade next year? or Is that in the off season? Um, but I don't know. What else you got, Isaac? Anything else? Um, nothing really. I mean, keep the faith. Keep the faith because it seems like a lot of people are kind of down on this team. Um, keep the faith. Would you guys rather watch uh, Corey Spangenberg, Alexi Amarista, um, you know, all those kind of guys? Uh, I, I don't want to name them all. Justin Upton was not very good with us. You know, surprisingly, Matt Kemp was actually pretty good with us, and I, I totally took him for granted when he was with us. Um, I, I didn't like him when he was with us, but would you guys rather watch all those teams or, or this one that actually is a lot of fun to watch and is actually in the playoff race? Um, you know, Keep the faith. Keep the faith for sure, because I really do think there's a playoff team, and I think they're capable of making a deep playoff run with with the pitchers that they got, Sean Maniah being excluded. Um, but with the pitching that they got, with the lineup that they got, they're capable of a, of a very solid playoff run for sure. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm there with you. I feel like, uh, you know, we look at we look at uh, this team, and it's really easy, especially over the duration of a baseball season, to be like, get really frustrated when teams hit slumps. And it's super fair. Like I, I completely yeah. understand. It makes mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense. Um, but I think that a lot of times, it's it's pretty easy to get a little bit like over the top with it. Like we think, okay, like this team's cooked. You know, whatever whatever's going down, like they're, they're not going to be able to to come out and 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 break out of this slump. Potters were in a slump a, a while back, and they ended up breaking out of it for a while, falling into one a little bit right now. Um, but you look at okay, like you look at like the main guy in the lineup that's just like been the biggest hole, and it's a guy with a career OPS like. Three, like 850 like this is a, a good hitter josh bell's a good hitter josh bell's gonna turn it around so i 
I think that's where, like, I definitely have some concerns about this team. I definitely think losing Fernando is a huge blow. Like, that's like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't, okay, I'll be honest. I'm not super concerned long-term like some people are. But for this season, a lot of people are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal for this season. Yes, it is, dude. Yes, it is a big deal. That's a, a huge deal. War player, bro. That guy probably puts up four war in 40 games. <laughs> well, yeah, and he was going to be on Royd, so he's well, not a... No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's 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 tough, man. It's it's tough, but I, I definitely think you got you to gotta keep the face. So, I think we'll probably end up wrapping up right now, um, but if you guys are interested... This is this is uh, we're, we're doing this as a Friar Talk t- uh, Tuesday through America's Finest Sports. Um, I just sent the link to that channel, so if you guys want to subscribe there, we do NFL stuff, we do NBA stuff, uh, we do kind of the Padre side of it, uh, Friar Talk. But other content creators there are kind of trying to build something up there. So if you guys are interested interested in subbing to that, um, also a lot of Charger talk. Hopefully, hoping to to increase the uh, San Diego State talk, but we. We need some people to, to, that know San Diego State football. I, I'm sorry, guys. I don't follow San Diego State football. It would be a fun thing to cover. I just do not know the team enough. I, I wouldn't feel confident in it. But, you know, doing a little bit of, of some San Diego sports stuff and also some overall NFL, NBA, MLB stuff. So that is the link that I sent there and there. Um, I don't know if that's allowed, but. Uh... <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably going to do it for today. It definitely a tough loss today. Um, yeah, Isaac, you, you want to say it? Fuck the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I feel like uh, so I was probably going to do it for tonight's stream. Uh, we'll be we'll be streaming sometime later tomorrow, um, probably later on in the evening, not right after the game. But thank you guys for hopping on. A lot of fun today. I know we had a, a, a Dodger fan, maybe a couple Dodger fans, maybe a, a Giants fan, but it, it was fun talking to you guys and hanging out with you guys too. So we'll see you all soon. Um, hopefully the Padres bounce back against Pablo Lopez and then get that fat four-game sweep against the Nationals. So we'll talk to you guys then. See y'all. Have a good night.